Hello, it's Bernard Nomberg with the Nomberg Law Firm in Birmingham, Alabama. Thanks for stopping by the Nomberg Law Live podcast. In this episode, I talk with AL.com sports writer Michael Casagrande. We speculate and talk a little bit about the upcoming college football season, what it's going to look like, how the team is preparing, what are the reaction from the fans, and so much more. We think you'll like this episode of Nomberg Law Live podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and a review, and subscribing will ensure that you get each podcast as they come out on a weekly basis. Thank you again. All right, guys, we are now live. It is another weekly episode of Nomberg Law Live. As we do each Tuesday, we come to you live with different conversations with people in their areas of expertise. And I'm so very pleased that we have Michael Casagrande with AL.com. Good morning, Michael. I hope you're doing well, my friend. I'm doing fine. How's everything with you? It's good, and I sure appreciate you having some time for us this morning because you you cover a topic that is so near and dear to so many people in not only Alabama but in the South, and that's college football, but more specifically, Alabama Crimson Tide football. So thank you for uh, for having some time. Uh, it is 10:01 on Tuesday, July 28th, and by the time we finish our discussion. Who knows if the news on the ever-evolving landscape has changed uh, with college sports. In general, Michael, what are you finding these days? How, how, uh, how often is news changing in your world? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole new, whole new world, a whole new, uh, just a whole new, everything is different. There's, there's no playbook, like I've been saying to, to people, there's no script for this, there's no blueprint. Um, the administrators, the leaders, everybody involved, um, this is all new to them too. So it's, it's, uh, and for a sport for college football, that's kind of built on routine regimen. Everything is, is the same every year. Nick Saban wants everything same every August, you know, down to the day, down to the, what day fan day is media day, you know, all those things are always identical to the way they were in year in the past. So, uh, to have this completely, you know, just the entire frame of reference, um, different milestones for summertime uh, leading into football season. They're all just kind of thrown in the air right now. So it's, it's, it's been very interesting and, you know, it's not been, you know, fun for anybody. I'm sure it's been quite challenging for, for you, for everyone who covers the sport, uh, not to mention those inside the program who are going through it themselves. If you had your crystal ball right now, Michael, what, what do you think? How do you, how does this play out? And we're not going to roll this back in six weeks and say, "Aha, Michael, you were right or you were wrong." So, what what is your what is your gut telling you? What's the information you're hearing right now? What type of season are we looking at? Yeah, my, my gut says they're going to try everything they can. Um, it's not going to be something that they're going to just throw their hands up at the end of July and say nothing can happen. I think they're going to do everything they can to push it. Um, if, if the first weekend, the Labor Day weekend doesn't work, they're going to maybe push it in September, uh, alter the schedule, alter, maybe shorten the season. Um, but there's so much incentive for the SEC, for, for the big time programs to play college football. They're going to do everything they can to make sure it, some of it in some form occurs. Um, but 
it's tough. I, I, it's, it's, you think about the realities of a college campus and keeping people contained and you just look at the major league baseball and how one team, um, the difference between major league baseball and the NBA, the, with the NBA going with the bubble format and keeping people completely contained in an area where they can't get out in a sense, uh, in the major league baseball where you have almost an entire team testing positive now with the Marlins. So in college football, it's going to be much more, you know, is the, the major league baseball mold in a sense, even more so that you're going to be exposed to many more people um, in a college campus. And if a given a normal or, you know, 2020 normal college campus scene, they're going to be around a lot more people, um, be exposed to more people than than normal uh, than any pro athlete would be. So it's it's difficult. There are a lot of um, a lot of realities, a lot of things that just make it hard to navigate. So it's I don't envy the task of the people having to make those decisions. Do do you think that what's going on with Major League Baseball is showing college football a little bit of maybe what's what's coming down the pike for them? with, as you mentioned, the Marlins, and it also the downhill effect, if you will, has caused the cancellation and postponement of, of other games. Do you think that this is now, hopefully, the folks in college football are seeing what's going on and, and are trying to make uh, preparations if they can at all? Definitely. I mean, I think that they were always going to be looking to these kind of these first seasons, the, the minor league soccer, the Birmingham, team is involved in um they they have fans you know limited attendance i think they're looking they're sure they'd be looking at how that works it's kind of their experiments going on right now and you know for lack of a better term uh and and the the college football leaders are watching to see how they work out with the baseball with the soccer uh for sure um and it's i'm sure they're learning lessons but there are also things that i you can learn all you want, but how do you completely alter and and change the, the circumstances to, to make it so where those kind of things don't happen? It's it's very, very hard in my mind to um, completely eliminate because once, you know, you, you make the point that once, you know, one player on a team the whole, can get affected, the whole team, you know, one offensive lineman, the whole offensive line, they're all meeting in the same room, mm-hmm. one quarterback, one receiver, you know, it's kind of thing where it's a cascade effect that trickle down that it's, it's tough to contain. And could Michael, could you ever see a situation like what the Ivy league has done to postpone their leagues to the spring or any other variation other than attempting trying to play some sort of, whether it's intra conference or adding regional games to the sec schedule right now? I think there's a lot of resistance within athletic departments to go to that spring model. Um, there's there's so many different things that, that go into it and to, to pick up and move um, an entire season to an entire different season of the year is, is more difficult than trying to push things back and condense things within the fall. Um, but it, it seems, uh, it doesn't seem to be a very popular opinion within college athletics. Yeah. But, and, and other conferences are already uh, I guess, pushing along the SEC, the ACC, uh, and making some decisions, like the SWAC's already canceled their season, which includes a few games with SEC uh, teams. So automatically, they're either going to have to fill those spots or yeah. they're just not going to have those games. 
do you think that from what you're hearing, will it strictly be a SEC schedule right now? Has there been any announcement of a modification yet? No, there have been no announcement. I know they've been meeting uh, at the end of the month, the beginning of, uh, of August to talk about that. But um, it, it would just be speculation on my part at this point to, to say but it, it would it would make sense in my mind that at this point, the only non-conference, I mean, the, the only non-conference games on the, the schedule as it is are three games against uh, group of five uh, conference teams. And you wonder about the level of um, in the funding for the testing for the safety procedures are, are very high. You know, it's Alabama. They're not going to spare expenses like that because they have they have the resources. And you wonder if some of the smaller schools might not have the same kind of resources. And I think that's where some of these conference only ideas are coming into coming into play because they know that within each conference that they can at least govern those mm-hmm. 12 or 14 teams where the NCAA because there's no there's no overarching um, you know governance of college football in that sense from the NCAA so um, the more you can control it within a conference I think is kind of that was at least the idea with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Well it's Let's let's fast forward in an SEC only schedule and Georgia kicks off in Tuscaloosa. What do you envision the stands to look like? Are we going to have students? Are we going to have anybody in the stands at this point? It's another great question that um, I know they're wrestling with. Um, And it's it's a question of, you know, if you have to limit, if you have to put 20 percent of you know, if you don't have 20, 15, 10% of, of a stadium, who do you, who do you include in that 10, 15, 20%? I think with some schools, um, my understanding is that there are some schools that are much more dependent on student uh, fees to, to fund a program. Um, Alabama's not, uh, you can buy a student ticket, but you're not required to spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars a semester for student football for athletic fees or activity fees and for schools like that i think it's much more difficult for them to charge these athletics fees in a sense to uh to to subsidize revenue to to field football teams and then say you can't come we need to we need seats for donors who are you know voluntarily so if you're you're not even giving people an option i think those those are schools where they would probably have to see more Students, but uh, you know, if not, you know, does it go to the top donors, the top dollar? Is it, you know, it, it goes back to the, you know, is college football a business? Is it a nonprofit? Mm-hmm. All these kind of bigger picture debates that people are having about college football. Yeah, I saw an interview recently with Barry Alvarez up at Wisconsin, talking about how much money they would lose if it was strictly an intra-conference schedule versus losing certain games. And they would have to dip into their reserve funds and it kind of irked me a little bit to think well that's why you have the reserve funds because it's it's there not knowing what would you would need it for and i assume and this is where i get in trouble that most sec schools have such reserve funds but i don't know that i'm just speculating if we have a game for example uh, georgia comes to alabama in september but there are no fans and the stands. It's like MLB is is doing. And, and this may be putting you on the spot, but Alabama ten, it w- would lose millions of dollars for that game in concessions and tickets and all of that. 
how long can even the, the top of the top programs, the highest earning programs, sustain a model like that? Could they go a whole season? And I know I know those are questions may or may not necessarily have the exact answers to, but I guess I'm asking you from your observations and experience, what happens to even the top schools? And when I say the top schools, the, the most well-funded schools. Right, no, it's, it's, it's good questions and questions that we have. Uh, I know from the, the athletic, the budget that the university supplies to the NCAA every year, which we can, we get through open records laws. Uh, I think it was 30, three thirty four million dollars in college football and just football ticket sales um for the last year you know the last few years that's about what the the income level is for that um in terms of reserves it's an interesting question because um we get we get a standardized form that they submit to the ncaa with with certain um spending you know expenditures revenues and it's kind of always the goal, unwritten, unspoken, in a sense, goal to have the revenues and expenses come out pretty close, pretty uh, to not have, you know, they hate the word profit. Um, I've written stories where I've used the word, you know, when revenues exceeded expenditures, profit, and it, it made people uncomfortable at the university because it makes it difficult for them to fundraise given mm -hmm. If they think that you know if donors think that they're making profits so right the goal is always to keep those revenues and expenses pretty tight pretty you know to spend enough to equal those uh revenues um and so you wonder how much is, is sitting in a bank somewhere for how much of a rainy day you know how much did they could have they have ever game plan for a pandemic to come through and just wipe out economies and wipe out everything mm -hmm. um it's interesting. I'd, I'd love to know. I've made requests for additional budget information and we'll see. Well, I, I want to say, and I think you alluded to it, that the SEC, um, the heads of the schools are supposed to be meeting maybe this week or early next week to discuss all of these things. So maybe if you and I had this conversation next week, we'd have more answers. But one of the things that I've seen that you've reported and others that several former Alabama uh, pro uh, who are now in the pros players who are now in the pros Dante Hightower Warmack uh, I want to say Andre Smith there may be others have opted out of this season and look I played football 100 years ago in, in college at Vanderbilt but we didn't have a pandemic to deal with I know when you're getting ready for the season you're focused on the season you're focused on that opening game earning your spot getting your reps and all of that you're around these guys, the, the the Bama players from time to time. I'm, I'm asking you to kind of put yourself in their mindset. Are they really that focused on the what could happen into the future? Are they really that focused as 18, 19, 20-year-old kids? Yeah, if I get this condition, I'm in fantastic shape condition-wise, health-wise. That might be like a cold for me. Am I, am I overstating this or have you observed any similar um, feelings or heard anything from any of your interviews from some of the guys on the team? The good questions. And I think, I think it kind of depends. It might vary between player to player, uh, which player has, you know, who has the most to gain, who has the most to lose. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone who's a junior or a senior, who's um, maybe on the bubble of making, you know, an NFL draft, if you could have mm -hmm. a big and bump into, you know, a high round draft pick, uh, 
it might be more of a risk, we worth more of a risk for you to, um, to to play a full season and and to go normally if you're a first round lock who um, wouldn't maybe benefit as much uh, from having a big season if people know what you're what you have to offer. Um, there might not be as much of a benefit to playing, um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I wouldn't you know I'm not a fan, but if I was a fan, I wouldn't be upset with that. Um, you have to. Yeah. People have a lot of decisions to make, um, use their futures, and um, that is you know, the, nice. The, these, the kids in college don't have a union to back them up. They don't have a bargaining agreement like they do in the pros giving them that option. If you decide if I'm Devonta Smith and I don't want to play this year, isn't my scholarship dependent on my performance? Not how well I do, but the fact that I'm actually playing on the team and doing what's expected of me. Do these kids really have an option to say, hey, I'm out this season, I'm done with school? Uh, is that effectively in their college career or their scholarships? I don't believe so. I believe, and I think it happened when I was on vacation that the SEC came out and said that they would honor, uh, the schools would honor uh, scholarships if players opted out for for health and safety reasons related to the to the virus, so I I do believe that that would still because um, that would turn into you know that would turn into a legal issue. I'm sure well, that'd be a real mess. It yeah, sure would. I must have missed that. I'm I'm glad that if that's the case. But guys, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with Michael Casagrande with AL.com. Uh, he covers Alabama Crimson Tide and SEC. Uh, football and no one knows more than Michael from a reporting standpoint and I appreciate your your time Michael and if you guys have any questions that I haven't covered or that I'm gonna uh, the subjects that we're going into please put them in the comments section we've got a bunch of folks on watching us right now Michael um, have you been around have you been on campus of late have you been around the coaching staff to get a feel for anything out of uh, everything's out of the norm I get that but are you are they just trying to carry on as usual with a regular, you know, I know they're back practicing, they're on campus and doing that, or are you getting a sense of everybody's just kind of on edge more so than normal preseason? Yeah, I wish I could say I've been in close contact or I've been around, but I, I, I live in Birmingham now, so I'm not even on campus. I used to live around some of the players and then would be able to talk to them at times. Um, saw some of them over the summer and they were, you know, pretty enthused with their workouts. You know, they were using the uh, the band field. Um, if you're familiar with the band, uh, the field uh, up university from the practice facility that it's not fenced off. It's a AstroTurf field turf field. So um, they were able to use that uh, in workouts um, over the summer before uh, the June, the June date where they were able to go back and actually play uh, or begin the voluntary workout. So, um, at that point, there was, seems to be a lot of optimism. Uh, I haven't really talked to too many people lately. It's been very quiet. Uh, social media, it's been very quiet. Um, there were a few players talking about things when voluntary workouts began in the beginning of June, but it's been, I don't want to say strangely quiet, but there's just been very few uh, pictures, comments, you know, motivational things you've seen coming out of the football facility, um, you know, in these few weeks, you know, yeah, I've seen on on some of the images, maybe on Twitter, I think I may have seen this, where inside the facility, there's the large 
uh, I don't know if they're television screens or computer monitors in the main hallways that just that all it says at times is wear your mask. And do you do you see that? Are you observing that the athletes are adhering to that or, or the is the coaching staff and you may not know this, but is the coaching staff really stressing uh, these things? Yeah, I wish I wish I wish I knew more. Uh, they've done a very good job of keeping it very locked down in that sense. Um, every I guess there have been a few videos where they've uh, touted the new sports science center and uh, everybody in in the foreground and background of those videos have been wearing masks. So, um, it, you know, what happens when the cameras aren't on? I, I'd love to know, but these are kind of, you know, the access. We all would. We all would, Michael. <laughs> and I understand and I understand the, 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 the access issues that there will be. You know, we won't have, you know, even if they play a full 12 game regular season, we won't have the same access. And I would sincerely hope that it, that would not be a permanent thing after um, this the virus pandemic passes. Um, it's It's been a difficult time to to gather information about certain things because it's just been very, um, they've kept things very quiet. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about the new norm in covering the, the program and SEC sports. Is there going to be some version of SEC media days? It doesn't sound like it. I, I don't, I, I, they were, they moved to a, you know, a digital format um, that, then was postponed. I don't really see it happening at this point. What about have you uh, have have there been? And I know that you don't have a lot of these answers, but I'm just asking questions mm -hmm. that I want to know that I think others might want to know. And I do appreciate you hanging in here with me for. Oh, yeah, no problem. Um, how do you envision? Let's say they do play that first game that we'll call it the Georgia game that that it goes to an intra-conference schedule mm -hmm. only. How do you envision covering that game and being able to do your job on, on the, the game? You know, it's interesting because, I mean, it might be more interesting to people in our field and the general public, but they've. Uh, this would be the first year of the new press box that we haven't seen still under construction. Um, the old press box was pretty, pretty big um, uh, for modern standards, 50-yard uh, line, open air for the most part. Um, the newer one, I, from my understanding, it's smaller. Uh, it's not open air. The windows don't open. Um, so I would imagine that there would be, I mean, there would be much fewer uh, people in the press box where we have, you know, from AL.com, we have three beat writers and a columnist and, you know, normally at a normal game. And I would not, there would not be that many people from our place. I'm sure it would probably be down to one person per outlet at a given game, um, post game news conferences would probably be over video conference, uh, as opposed to in person, um, from different things I've seen. So it's, you know, and it's, I, I don't want to complain. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining that it's about us or whatever that we media, we tend to complain about things that we shouldn't, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a different level of, of, of access and different level of information that, to be able to provide to people. Um, so, you know, it's, well, it's I, I know you guys will, will, will pivot and figure out how to provide all that awesome coverage that you have for so, so many years. And we, we've just got a couple more questions. I, I want to throw some, some oddball questions at you, if you will. Um, 
if you're not eating skyline chili what's your favorite tuscaloosa based post-game food place yeah i mean the avenue pub was always a good um rama jamas that's not really a post that's more pre-game than a post-game um but uh yeah some good places downtown uh avenue pub was always a a great burger um yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a real good one. Uh, do you think Western Kentucky will get on the Alabama schedule anytime in the future? 2024, they already are on schedule. So uh, they Is still that- they won't um, they won't agree to go to Bowling Green. They're kind of they're scared to go to, uh, to <laughs> play a road game at Western Kentucky. But um, yeah, maybe those maybe another touchdown, another field goal might be in line in 2024. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I know that you follow J.K. Scott pretty closely <laughs> over the years, and I haven't seen any social media from him lately yeah. about the upcoming season. I didn't know if he was uh, falling in line with Chance Warmack and those guys or if he was ready for the season to, to get going. Have you had any contact with him lately? Yeah, it's funny. He, he doesn't do social media. Um, I haven't. I've actually got to know him fairly well. Um, he lived uh, near me his final year um and got to know him pretty well um would text with him here and there i haven't i should probably send him a message to see what's going on but yeah he's an interesting guy a hell of a punter um uh is is is, is it wired differently than than most uh it's, it's a unique a unique person a unique spirit he's kind of a, a interesting guy to to get to know um but uh yeah i know he's his wife had a baby last year maybe november um December. So he's, uh, I need to check in and see how he's doing, but, uh, he wasn't, you know, sometimes he wasn't always on his phone and wouldn't always see text messages. So he's, uh, hopefully he's doing well. He's a, he's a, a great, great punter. Well, you know, to me, from an athletics standpoint, he reminds me of the modern day Ray guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, of all the, the punters, not just Alabama who I've seen in the pros and I've called, I've followed NFL fairly close. Uh, he just seems to be the closest from an athletic standpoint of, of somebody like Ray Guy. But um, we're, we're almost finished, Michael. I, I appreciate it. We've kind of gotten off a little bit. But I want to ask you just a couple of questions. I know from time to time you either report or, or know about uh, Alabama high school football. I know that they have gotten back into uh, practices. Have you seen or, or heard, have there been any changes from the Alabama Athletic High School Association about how the season's going to go forward not that i'm aware of uh i know i think yesterday was the first day that they could officially start full pad practice and everything so uh, i know that they're the plan is to go ahead with with the season at this point um i think a few counties may have opted out i made yesterday but um as far as i know they're they're going they're going forward with it well gosh all of these seasons whether it's the pros like major league baseball and basketball or Alabama SEC football and, and down to the high schools. I know they all have all have great intentions of starting and doing the very best they can, but it just seems like this this disease is so prevalent and so easy to spread. Uh, I just am very curious and worrisome that any of these seasons, even even up to the pros where they have the the most facilities and the most mm-hmm. testing, are going to be able to finish their seasons if they're not inside of a bubble. Hockey and basketball seems to be the only one on a professional uh, level that have been able to do something like this. Um, anyway, Michael, I, I sure appreciate your your thoughts. I know that 
that if we have this conversation in a week or even in two weeks, it may be an entirely different conversation, but um, it'd be a nice time capsule at least for where we were on July 28th and what we were thinking. Um, I was doing that for a while. I was doing like a, my own, just on my computer, just kind of like a, a daily diary in a sense for what was going on that day in the news and just to kind of to be able to go back to one day looking back on this this crazy terrible year uh to just give some perspective of how we were feeling on a given day well i i'm, I'm gonna ask you one last question and you're not gonna like it i want to give you let's assume the season goes forward uh two things one are, are there going to be bowls and a championship uh, part of that season are they going to be able to handle those things assuming we go through a regular season if they can't you know it's like assuming the season goes off and they play 12, you know, or however many games, uh, there's just as much incentive financially for these bowl games to play. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of money wrapped up in that. And that's, you know, it's a shame that that's kind of what it always comes back down to uh, is the money. But if, if there's a way to play it, <clears throat> they will play it. Yeah, it's just, I guess there's, there's so much passion. There's so much money that's at stake there. And there's so many people who hope for it, but mm -hmm. it just, we, particularly in Alabama and in the Southeast, we really have not shown much by way of discipline and, and following uh, certain guidelines, but I know that's all over the board and that's for another discussion another day. But Michael, thank you again for your time, your insight. I know it's probably frustrating trying to answer certain questions and certain topics because we just don't know yeah. uh, a lot of things, but we look forward to, to reading more of your reporting coming forward and, and hopefully we'll have some type of a college football season. Well, I appreciate you having me. It's always, you know, it's good to talk about things. It's good to get the, you know, discussion out there because I think there's a lot of internal discussions. People are talking amongst themselves. And so it's, it's good to just kind of get it out sometimes and talk about it. Oh, very good. Well, guys, this will conclude another episode of Nomberg Law Live as we do every Tuesday. We bring interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. And Michael has certainly fit that bill and shared what he knows, at least to this point. Uh, guys, I hope you have a, a safe week. Please continue to, to use common sense. And even if you don't like wearing a mask for yourself, please do it, do it, do it for others. Y'all have a good week. Take care.